no matter what you're going through or what your health issues are, you really can find things to be thankful for. And I'm going to share five of mine with you today. Welcome to the Sick Mom's Guide podcast. If my mom can do it, you can too. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm recording this episode the night before Thanksgiving, which is a holiday we have in the United States to celebrate being thankful and the things that we're thankful for. It's also a day to eat way too much turkey and stuffing and all the stuff that goes with it. And it's just a great day that unless you're cooking, you get to sit around and relax and enjoy the people closest to you. And for some of us, for some, especially when you're dealing with new health situations, or maybe your health has gotten a little bit worse lately, it might be hard to think of things to be thankful for. If you're feeling really depressed or anxious, a lot of times finding those thankful moments are hard. So I thought I'd share five of mine with you and hopefully help you realize that there is a lot for you to be thankful for. My first thing is that you're here. Okay. Every day that you're here, there's hope. There's hope that you'll feel better. There's hope that your relationships will get better. There's just hope for anything that has been giving you a hard time. You have hope because you woke up this morning and that is good. So even if you're not feeling well today, you are here. And as long as you're here, you have hope that things in the future will be brighter. And that leads me to number two. This is a big one for me. Scientific advances. Okay, when I was in college, one of the things that I used to love to do was to go to the library and look at old medical textbooks. So the old nursing books, they had books. I I went to school in LA. I don't even know how old those colleges were, but they had textbooks from the 1800s. And there was some crazy stuff in there. And that's why I enjoyed reading them. I wasn't even, medicine wasn't even my focus during school. But treatments of turpentine and kerosene and leeches, which by the way, are making a comeback. I don't know if I'm quite ready for that. When you look back at the way medicine used to be and how they used to treat people, it can really make you thankful that A, even though it's not perfect now, it's a heck of a lot better. And B, it can give us a lot of hope for what's coming in the future. I have one book because I just, like I said, I love these old health books. And so I had found one at an antique store that I am trying to find the get to the cover. And I just broke the cover right off the book because it's the Family Home Medical Guide, the revised 1952 edition. And it's all nice and yellowy. And it smells like a fancy old book, which I have to say is like one of my favorite things. But I really wanted to read a couple of things to you. And then I thought that might get kind of boring. So I picked one. And the one thing I chose is, well, okay, here's another thing for you to know as I was looking. Tuberculosis was not curable in 1952. Neither was syphilis. And there's all kinds of bad stuff that goes on with syphilis. So we can all be real thankful that that is something we can cure today. Okay, moving on. One of the topics in change of life or menopause, or climacteric, 
as they used to call it. They talk about little danger of insanity. And what it says is, it is commonly thought that there is great likelihood of losing one's mind at the time of menopause. In fact, insanity is a little more common at this time, but not sufficiently so to be alarming. Okay, that makes me really upset. I'm going to be honest with you. As you read through this book, you realize that they basically thought that women were just basically hysterical, and we got hysterical for no good reason. And there was a lot of medicating women, because we have feelings and emotions more than men. Doctors didn't know how to handle that. Families didn't want to deal with it. So they just called it all kinds of neurosis, psychosis, and literally being insane because of menopause. And for a variety of other reasons. So we can also be thankful that no one is saying that we're insane because we're women. That's a nice thing. Also, we have pharmacies now that are filled with modern miracles to help our immediate needs. Now, you may have a chronic illness like me. I have several things that are not curable. For instance, muscular dystrophy. Okay, so I can't walk into a pharmacy and pick up something and go home and be cured. But I can go in and I can get Tylenol or I can get Advil or I can get stuff when my belly is upset. Or today my son has a really bad cold. It's a little beyond a cold. He's got a fever and all kinds of stuff. And my husband just went and bought cough medicine so that he's not coughing anymore. I can't imagine living a hundred years ago and wrapping turpentine or kerosene soaked cloths around their neck, which by the way, caused blisters um, to do help with breathing and that sort of thing. So I'm very thankful today that we have a pharmacy right up the road, and we could get him that. We also have amazing things that we can do with babies. Babies can be born so much earlier, not that we want them to be on purpose, but they can be and we can save them. We've got incubators, we've got medicines, we've got all kinds of things. We can even intubate little tiny babies and keep them breathing until the stage at which they can breathe on their own. And there are so many families and so many people here today that wouldn't be here and the families wouldn't be families without these medical advances. So when you imagine what things were like 50 years ago or 100 years ago and what they are today, it just makes me realize, and technology is moving so fast. You see how fast things are changing. Maybe five years from now, or 10 years from now, or even 25 years from now, there will be, if not cures to make whatever it is you have completely gone, there can be treatments to make you not even notice that you have it. And that gives me hope. And it makes me so thankful. I'm thankful to live in this time where it isn't all perfect, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and medically things are getting better. The third thing to be thankful for is people who love you. Now around the holidays, especially here in the US, our families aren't as intact, I think, as they are in a lot of other cultures, where you really value family more than the US seems to do lately. But a lot of us have, if not immediate family that shares your blood and, you know, who you were born into, there's families that you've created, right? And so you have got people who love you. And that's something to be thankful for. I know, you know, we've got seven kids. And this Thanksgiving, the two youngest ones are going to be with us. And the five older ones, they're all doing things with family that they've created, either with their spouse or their friends, they're having friends giving, or they're doing things with other family members. But 
in the past, it would have been painful for me because in my head, everybody had to be together right now, whatever. But today, I'm just thankful that they have other people that love them. They have those special people that they can spend time with. And so do you. And if you are alone and completely isolated on a holiday, I want you to email me because no one should be feeling like they have absolutely no one. My email is jen, J-E-N, at jenhardy.net. It's in the show notes. You can email me anytime because nobody should feel completely alone. So I am here. I may not live where you live, but I am here and I will respond to you and I will hook you up into my group. We have this group called Chronically Positive Moms and they're a bunch of positive women. Some of them are not moms. Some of them aren't even married. They're single women. But for the most part, we're, you know, we're just moms and women who are dealing with chronic illness. And we know, look, it sucks sometimes. I'm not going to lie. It's not all sunshine and roses, but together it makes it a lot easier to get through it. So please don't feel like you're alone. But something to be thankful for is at least one person. If you've got one person that you can call and say, Hey, can we spend time together? That's something to be thankful for because there are people that have no one. So that's a good thing. If you've got family that's tight knit, oh, you are, I'm so jealous of you. And I mean that in a good way, but we don't have extended family that we can do things with anymore. And so if you have that, you are like triply blessed. It's amazing. So be thankful for that today. Number four, something to be thankful for is that you've got your basic needs met. Here's the deal. If you're listening to this podcast, you've got to have electricity, right? It's either on your computer or it's on your phone or it's on your iPod or tablet or whatever you're listening to that takes electricity. So you've got electricity. And that means you probably have a roof over your head because it's hard to get electricity without a roof over your head. And you're probably eating enough. Now, it may not be all of the fancy foods you like. I mean, I like to eat like salmon and artichokes every day, but we are all eating food that is sustaining us and keeping us going. And you've also probably, if you're listening to this podcast, got access to clean water. If you don't think that's something to be thankful for, Google safe drinking water, and you will discover that there are so many people that are going without that. So if you have your basic needs met, that's something to be thankful for. Now, if you are living in a nice place, and you're very comfortable there, and you do get to eat not just the things that sustain you, but the things that you really enjoy, and drink more than just water out of the tap, like you get to go buy the drinks that you like, maybe have a glass of wine or tea or whatever you're into now and then, see, then that's just so much more to be thankful for. And a lot of these things, we don't even think about them on a daily basis, right? Because we're just getting through the day. We're trying to get through today. And sometimes today is hard. But if you can just sit back and say, hey, wait a minute, I'm sitting here and I'm eating breakfast, right? I'm getting food down. It would be great if it wasn't making you sick. Unfortunately, when I eat, frequently don't feel well. But I've learned to just say, you know what, I'm going to enjoy the eating part. I'm just, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy tasting the food. I'm going to be thankful that I have good food. And yeah, I may feel kind of janky later, but that's just kind of how it is right now. And hopefully the next doctor that I see next month will help my stomach. And that would be fantastic. So 
Hey, bonus thing to be thankful for. If you have a doctor that listens to you, extra, extra special. Because I know a lot of you don't, but if you do, even if it's one of your specialists, be really thankful that for that person. And you may consider writing them a little card or note or something this holiday season. If you got some extra cash, send them a little something to their office, like the girls in the office that take care of you, because it's really hard to find. The last thing, number five, I'm being truly honest here. I sat for 30 minutes and couldn't come up with a number five. I've really been in the pit of depression over the last few months. I've had a lot of things happen in my family over the last year and a half, and they've brought up things from over 40 years ago, which you would think wouldn't even bother me anymore. So I do get down sometimes, and I've been really down. And part of the reason I did this episode is because if I'm feeling down around the holidays, I know I'm not the only one. And I want us to find things to be thankful for, not just on Thanksgiving, but every day. So number five took me a while, but then I realized, you know what? Because of these health problems that I have, I have had to make changes in my life. I've had to give up a lot of the things that I enjoyed doing. And you might think, well, why would you be thankful for that? And at first I wasn't. I wasn't thankful at all because I was a very busy person. I ran a very efficient household and I was feeling very competent in my life and in my role as a mom and a wife because I stayed at home and that was what I did. But in 2014, when I spent six separate weeks in the hospital and I had a two and a four-year-old at home and we had five teenagers at that time, it needless to say, was very difficult. How in the world are you supposed to be a good mom and be in control of things when you're gone for seven days, eight days at a time? That makes life hard. And it took me a while to figure out how in the world I was supposed to be me and be sick. And here's the thing, I wasn't supposed to be the person that I was and be sick. And I'm very thankful. And I'll tell you why. I was so busy running my family you know, my kids, we had four older kids at home. They each had a couple activities a week. We homeschooled. And so they went to a tutorial, which is where they get educated a couple of days a week by people who are specialists in their field, which is really nice in junior high and high school for like science and math and all that kind of stuff. But it entails a lot of running. And when you homeschool, you know, people are like, oh, are your kids getting enough socialization? So you have to make sure that they're like going, 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 because heaven forbid somebody would judge you for that instead of, you know, realizing that I know my kids and we're doing enough stuff. But long story short, we had to put the brakes on everything except their schooling and their tutor, you know, their tutorials. And at first I felt so guilty. I felt so guilty about that. But then I realized, wait a minute. I can get some things done. So I'm going to use this time that I'm in bed. I'm going to use this time that I'm in the hospital and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to evaluate my life and I'm going to make some lists, some lists of what I've been doing, what out and then out of those things, what do I enjoy and what do I not enjoy? What things do I need to do on that list and what things can I give up? And once I did that, I just took away all the things I didn't enjoy and didn't need to do. And that was like half of what I had been doing. It was very easy. I never would have given up those things that were dragging me down if I didn't have to. 
but it made me feel so much better. Once I gave them up, I was a much happier person. I was much better to be around. And if you are pushing yourself so hard that you are just exhausted and feeling even more sick at the end of the day, I encourage you to do that too. You may have to start doing different things too. And what I realized is I needed to decide what are the most important things for myself and my family and do those. So for a long time, it was have the older kids who could drive, take the younger kids to their activities. And I worked on feeling better. And I did that. And I did that for two years. And then I started to get bored as anything. And I kept looking around for things, you know, what can a mom do if she's sick, right? What can she do? Well, I couldn't find anything online. There are a few things that I know about now, but I didn't find any of them before. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to create it. So I created a blog that now I'm merging into my new website, jenhardy.net. So all my blog posts aren't up there. And I wrote a book, The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. I never would have written that book. I never would have known there was a hundred things I could do with my kids when I had little to no energy. 50 of the things in those, in that book, 50 of the things in that book to do with your kids are things you can do from bed or the couch. How would I have known that? There are ways to reconnect with your family and your significant other and yourself. I wouldn't have taken the time. And so I'm so thankful that I was slowed down enough to do that because writing a book was my dream. And you can't write a book if you are running a million miles an hour and physically exhausting yourself. At the beginning of this year, at the beginning of 2018, I thought it would be awesome to do a podcast Without my health issues, I wouldn't have had a topic. Talking to moms who have chronic health issues, disabilities, anxiety, depression, things like that, it's so important. And I never would have known how important it is. So along with the positive changes, I want to tell you a little bit. Yesterday afternoon, I talked to an amazing woman and her name is Kirsty Ennis. And I interviewed her for this podcast. And long story short, Kirsty was a Marine and she was in a very bad helicopter accident. She's had over 40 surgeries and she's had an over the knee leg amputation. She is a beautiful woman. And she also had massive damage done to her face. She's had incredible repair. You wouldn't even realize it just casually looking at her at all. But as you can imagine, she felt it as a young woman who felt beautiful. And then she had this accident. One of her quotes is, it's taboo to be attractive if you're in a wheelchair or have a prosthetic or you're disabled. And so what Kirsty is trying to do is she's trying to be the person she couldn't find when she had her amputation. She's trying to get out there in front of other women and say, no matter what is happening with your body, you're beautiful. It doesn't matter what society's views on beauty are, because beauty is what you feel beauty is, right? And that we need to stop saying that people can't be beautiful, because they're different, because they are ill, or they have a device that they need to use in one form or another to keep them going. And so next week, Kirsty's interview is going to be out. And I encourage you to listen to it because 
That's how I came up with number five is the positive changes. Kirsty never saw herself doing the kind of things that she's doing now. In fact, she says she wouldn't have been able to do as many things if she hadn't had that accident. She's climbing seven different summits all over the world to raise money for charities and doing all these amazing things. And she would have done amazing things in the Marines and in her life. She is a determined, strong, capable woman, but the amount of things that she's doing and the capacity that she's doing in them in are completely different. So I encourage you today to think about the things that are really bothering you about you or about your health or your disability or your mental health issues what are the things that are bothering you the most? And instead of focusing on them all the time and having them in the back of your mind, I want you to think, what could I do? And how could I make good come out of this? How can I make a positive change? Maybe not just for me, maybe for other people. Maybe it's just one other person. Maybe you know of somebody else going through the same thing and you step out of your embarrassment and shyness and you reach out to them and you say, Hey, you know, you might not know that I'm going through this too, but I want to be here for you. Or you may see somebody on social media who you can kind of read between the lines and you know, they're struggling and you can reach out to them and say, Hey, you might not know that I deal with depression or I deal with anxiety, but I do, and I'd like to help you. Now, I'm not asking you to do this in an unsafe way. I mean, obviously not some random stranger on social media. I do not want you to put yourself in a position of unsafe vulnerability. But what can you do? Do you want to start a podcast? Do you want to start a blog? Do you want to be a guest on my podcast and talk about whatever it is that you're dealing with and how you're getting through it? Because my podcast, my focus is we are focusing on women who are pushing forward, even when their bodies are pushing back. If that's you, I would love to talk to you. I want to get your voice on here. Again, you can email me jen at jenhardy.net. It's in the show notes, like I said before. Let me know, but decide what are you going to do to make a positive change? And it may not be outside of you. It may be you in your family. Sit down and, and decide today, what is that change going to be? Because you can move mountains. I am extra thankful for you. Number six is you. I am thankful for you because I get to do this and I absolutely love it. So thank you just for being there and for listening. Have a great day. My music today is A New Day by Scott Holmes. And this episode is sponsored by the book, The Sick Mom's Guide to Having Fun Again. If I can do it, you can too. It's available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere you can buy books. And look for a sale to be coming up because it's holiday season. And I want you to be able to share it with everybody that you can. Because even for moms that aren't sick, maybe they work full time, or maybe they're just moms who are tired. And let's face it, what mom doesn't get tired sometimes? It's a book for everybody. So have a great weekend. Have a great week, whatever day it is. Enjoy yourself. And I look forward to talking with you next week when I have Kirsty Ennis with me. I guarantee it's going to be the best episode you've ever heard. Talk to you soon.